Wow. Isn't it amazing the power of a story? You know, and you get to like really uh, take a moment and get to actually hear from somebody, hey, this is what God has done in our lives. Man, we, we love the Roth Lions so much. Give them another huge hand. That was incredible. I, um, I'm so glad you're here this morning. Welcome to uh, New Heart Church uh, Fall Edition. It's getting a little cooler out there. We like that. How's everybody doing? You're doing good. If you're here for the very first time, we already really like you a lot. We're so glad you're here. Give them a huge hand. We're so glad you're here. If you got tricked into coming to church, it's going to be worth your while, I promise. If you're like, man, how did I get here? I promise it's going to be good. Been good already. Man, worship was oh, just incredible. I am uh, excited to, um, to, this is the last of our series of every single Sunday. And um, I, uh, I, I love this uh, story that we're about to talk uh, through in the next couple of minutes. Uh, so if you would, let's all pray together. Father, we pray for everybody here in the room and everybody watching online right now, our fam, uh, God, everywhere. Father, we pray that every single person, God, would feel your presence in such a real way. Father, I pray that, God, if they're watching at home, God, they would actually feel the love that comes from you. Father, I pray in Jesus' name over every single person in this room, God, that they would feel the actual presence that comes when we say your name. God, I pray that that would fill this room. And God, because that fills the room, Father, things change, things move, things shift, that need to change. Father, we're having an expectation this morning that things that need to change will change. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen, amen. I, um, I, I, for those of you who are newer to our church, Jess and I uh, are the pastors here, and we have two wonderful, wonderful kids, Watson and Piper. Uh, Watson is five and a half, Piper is one and a half, and they, um, they keep us on our toes. They keep us on our toes and also make us fall asleep very quickly at night. They, they're, they're wonderful. We love them. Very thankful for them. And, uh, you know, you teach your kids new things. You try to at least. And we realized that we had been negligent in trying to teach Watson how to ride a bike. It just kind of snuck up on us. I'm like, what? He, he got to ride a bike. Like, this this needs to happen like now. And so like we have, we got a bike, got some train wheels and we're like, okay, bud, we're going to go on a walk, but you're going to ride your bike. He's like, what? And he's like, does it have a motor? And I was like, oh God, <laughs> no, your motor's your legs. What have we done? Everybody's got power wheels driving all around. Those were only the rich kids when I was growing up. Everybody's got them. And, and he's like, what? You don't like just, no, no, son, you use your leg. So I was trying to explain to him. So we get on, well, Jess has got Piper. She's um, pushing Piper uh, and, and the stroller and, and Watson's on the, the bike. And I thought, you know what? Let's just get this thing going. And so we get going. We're starting to go. Well, I didn't realize that um, we started right on a downhill. And sometimes, see, it's important for you who are not parents, it's important to realize, like, you know, you're the adult in the room. And I forgot that I was the adult in the room at this point. 
And so I was like, yeah, it's awesome. Get on a hill, get you going fast. That's great. No one ever thought, not, and I should have, Ben, he's never ridden a bike in his life. I just thought he'll do it. So we get going, and I'm like, all right, bud, you know, and he learned how to pedal real quick, and you know, and stuff, and I was like, this is how you brake, and I was like, okay, here you go, and we start going, and all of a sudden, Jess goes, Ben, 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 I look up, he has got some speed, he's got some mojo going down the hill, and then all of a sudden, he screams, the scream that you don't want to hear, not the fun scream, the scream, I'm going to die scream. Then Jess like, Ben, Ben, Ben. Well, I just really hurt my Achilles, so I'm like, oh, I can't. And she's like, I can't go anywhere. I'm holding the stroller. So I'm like, Watson, Watson, why? You know, and I'm running. He's screaming, ah, all the way down the hill. And listen, I'm like, I, I'm like, oh, God, he's going to, you know, everything's going through your mind that shouldn't go through your mind at that time. And I'm running down there as fast as I can, try, limping down there as fast as I can, trying to get him. I finally grabbed, and I was so proud of him. You know what he did? He didn't bail. Stayed on that bike and drove it into a neighbor's, uh, neighbor, right into a neighbor's driveway. Got off, and then got off and goes, Dad! And I was like, oh, this is one of those core memories you don't want to have. I, I was just trying to have fun, and I scarred you. And, 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 and he got off, and I was so proud of him, though. I kept, so immediately, I was like, so proud of you, man. You didn't get off the bike. You got on. You got, I'm never riding that again, Dad. And I kept telling him, I'm so proud of you, I'm so proud of you, you did such a good job. You didn't get off when it got scary and crazy. You didn't jump. You stayed on. Oh, I'm so proud. And he was like, I did. <laughs> and you could see just immediately he was like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> like the street Watson came out and I said, and I, he looks, he looks kept, but he's got a little bit of, in him, you know. And I liked that. I was like, there's the dog, you know, he's got a little dog in him. And he was like sitting there, and I was like, all right. And then he got on. He goes, I'm going to ride this again, Dad. And I'm like, yeah, you are. Let's go. And then I realized, uh, I, was, I was thinking about this, the importance of not just encouragement, but also the importance of encouraging somebody to stay in the same position, even when it gets scary. And how many times we bail when it gets so hard or gets so tough or we get scared, and the consistency of staying in the right position over time will do something in your life that you will be like, the, the dog will come out a little bit. You're like, yeah, I can do this. I can't, there is something, and I, I just, as I thought about this, I thought about falling, falling in love with the consistency of the position that God has given you. Because we all have different positions, but we have to realize we've been positioned on purpose. And I want to talk about that this morning, being positioned on purpose. That God doesn't have you in a position that is happenstance. God has you positioned on purpose. He has you in that uh, marriage for a reason. He has you in that family for a reason. He has you in that job for a reason. He has you in this church for a reason. You've been positioned on purpose. It wasn't an accident that you came here. It wasn't an accident that somebody invited you. It wasn't an accident that you got in that connect group. It wasn't an accident that you 
walked in here so many years ago. God positioned you on purpose. God's put you in this place for a purpose. And the enemy would love for you to believe it's getting scary and we're going fast and I want to bail. And God is saying, stay in your position. Don't move from this thing because I've got blessing upon blessing upon blessing in your life. But I see some of you like deers in the headlights just trying to be like, man, I just don't know if I can hang. And God is saying, stay in your position. Don't move from the thing that I positioned you in. When everybody else would scream that consistency is not going to help you, God is telling you, you don't know what the next is going to be for you. If you just stay in your position, Daniel chapter 6 is talking about a man who stayed in his position. And when it got scary and when it got going too fast, you see, Daniel was getting, he was a foreigner in a foreign land. Israel was in exile. He was in Babylon. But the king started seeing him as somebody who God was blessing. And so he rose through the ranks, and he, and he got position after position after position. But it was making other people jealous. And so they started looking at Daniel and saying, how can we get him? And they're like, you can't get him. He's got integrity everywhere. He just, he just he's, he's got the right things going. I don't know how we're... Well, let's trick him. And so they came up with this idea that no one can pray to anybody but the king for the next 30 days. Well, Daniel was well known to pray every day, morning, noon, and night. Three times. Like clockwork. Consistent. In his position. Would not move. And they said, that's how we'll get him. So they got the king to make this decree, and they're going to trick him. I, I want to read this, verse 13. We'll start in verse 13. It says, then they told the king. Then they told the king. That man, Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, understand that language is important. They weren't talking about him being a leader that he was given to be by the king, they wanted the king to see him as a foreigner that shouldn't be there, that is under captivity. So many, some, so many people would love to put language on you to have a lid over your life and, t and talk, you, talk to you about what you did in your past and how you lived life. I I'm telling you, language is important. Don't let those words fill up your heart. Don't let those words be the thing over your life. They said, this man, Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled. Why? Because he loved Daniel. And he tried to think of any way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. And in the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So Daniel's been made what? A target. And this will happen to you when you start being consistent with what God has told you to be consistent in. 
When God starts getting you, okay, this is what I want you to do. This is a position I have for you, and this is how I want you to be consistent. It will happen. You will become a target. And this is confusing to all of us because we think if we do the right thing consistently, we'll get a reward. And yes, you will get a reward, but it might not happen at the beginning. A lot of times, the thing that happens at the start, when you start doing the right thing consistently, is you become a target. And things start coming against you. David didn't do it, or Daniel didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. The only thing he did was didn't compromise his consistency. That's the only thing he did. And then all of a sudden now he's become a target. And don't be surprised when you start becoming a target. John 10.10 says the thief has come to steal his purpose, steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said my purpose is to give them life, a rich and satisfying life. So what the enemy has come to do is to steal, kill, and destroy your life. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your purpose. He wants to destroy your future. He wants to kill everything that you're saying that God is trying to bless you with. He's trying to get you to back away from the calling on your life. He's trying to say it's about them, but it's not about me, and I don't need to be doing that. I'll just keep my head down because if I get my head up, then I'll start making myself a target. And God's saying, I've called you to start walking up and walk with a head held high and not let people put a lid over your life. And I know that might make you look like a target, but I'm telling you at this moment, do not be surprised when you face some opposition. When you face a little struggle, when you face a little fight, when it gets a little hard, why are we surprised when the enemy tries to destroy something that God's trying to build? I mean, I was listening even to some of this stuff on the news about Israel, and they're like, we are so surprised that this happened. And I was thinking, why? We live in a broken world. I'm surprised there's not more war. It's only by the grace of God that there's not more. We, we live in a broken world, and I'm not saying that we should just, well, it's broken. No, we stand in there with the Spirit of God and say, God, speak to these things that are broken and bring healing back to this place. But why are you so surprised? First Peter, I, I want to read this scripture. First Peter chapter 4. Because Peter talks about the same issue. First Peter chapter 4 verse 12. Dear, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fire trials you're going through. As if something strange was happening to you. What is going on with my bank account? What is Don't be surprised if something strange was happening to you. Instead, be very glad. For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have a wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to all the world. If you're insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you'll be blessed, for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. Now, if you suffer, if you suffer however, it must not be murder, stealing, and making trouble. Or prying into other people's affairs. Basically, if you're suffering from being stupid, you deserve it. So stop doing stupid stuff. That's Ben's translation. That's not. 
Peter. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. Wow. So don't be surprised. So, so, my son, he'll, he, he's five. He's not super strong. He's strong for a five-year-old. But he's not like, you know, like man strong yet. But man, he can deliver some pain with some of the punches he gives you. And, and, and here's why they get painful. Because he does all of them by sneak attack. He runs around and hits me in the stomach or not, you know, all this kind of stuff. Because he loves to, you know, wrestle and do all this. He does them all by sneak attack. He never does them when I'm ready. And the pain is more when he hits you in the stomach or he slaps you in the back or he hits you in a more unprotected area. The pain is more when it happens by surprise because I wasn't on guard. And some of you, you're letting this pain become so bad because you were so surprised that when you started serving in your marriage and your marriage still hasn't become what it needs to be, you're like, what is going on? You started to tithe, you're like, I, I want to get, I'm gonna, we're going to give our first 10%. I'm going to do this thing. You started to tithe, and that's when your car broke down. And you're like, what? You're so surprised. You, you said, no, we're going to get to church every single Sunday. And it seems like every single Sunday, that's when your family gets in a full fight. Everybody hates everyone. They were perfect angels on Saturday. But Sunday came up and every devil came out of every corner and was like, what's up? Let's do this thing. And you're like, I just thought we just said we're going to go to church. You just decided to serve. You're like, I'm going to get back to serving. God's calling me to serve. I'm going to be a part of that serve team. And that's when your job called and said, you are scheduled on Sundays now. What the... You just decided, I'm going to date. You know, I'm going to have a good dating relationship. I'm going to make God first. We're going to have a right relationship. It's going to be good. It's not going to be physically focused. It's going to be spiritually focused. I'm going to have a great dating relationship. And at that moment, you decided to do that on Sunday. And Monday at 1 in the morning, you get a text from that bad ex. What's she doing? What do you mean what I'm doing? One in the morning, I'm sleeping. What's going on? Devil, get out of my phone. Like, why are you surprised that you're facing something? Why are you surprised when you get a hit? Instead of understanding when you do the right thing consistently, it does make you a target, but I'm telling you, God's going to pull you out of that. But don't be surprised when you get a couple of hits. Because sometimes when you get surprised at a couple of hits, that's when you quit. And you say, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. I love what First uh, Peter says, verse 19. So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is Write and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never what? Fail you. Keep consistently doing, Daniel, the right thing. I don't care what the decree, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. 
I'm going to keep praying. And look what happens. This, it, you think it'd get better. No, it gets worse. Some of you are like, that is so depressing. I'm not coming back to this church ever again. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown in the den of lions. That's an awesome verse. Did the right thing, thrown in the lion's den. King said to him, may your God, whom you serve so faithfully, every single Sunday, consistently, faithfully, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The, the king sealed the stone with his own royal sea, a seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. I'll go back to that verse in a second. Then the king returned to his palace, spent the night fast, refused his usual entertainment, couldn't sleep all that night. Very early the next morning, king got up, hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish. Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions. Daniel answered. Imagine the king. He's, he thinks he's yelling to a corpse. Daniel, hoping beyond hope that he's going to hear something back. And then he hears, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so they would not hurt me. For I've been found innocent in your sight and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed. Order that Daniel be lifted from the den, not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. There's a verse in uh, the, I, I love reading out of the New Living Translation, but in the New International Version, I remember this verse, in verse 17. And it said, and, and, and same thing, a stone was brought, placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. And I remember that, because there are so many of our situations that feel like they're not going to be changed. But if you don't change your position, God will change your situation. If you don't change your position, Daniel didn't change where God positioned him to be, then God will change your situation. There are things that you think will never be changed. My marriage will never be changed. My, my relationships will never be changed. It feels like somebody put a big lid over that and sealed it and said, that's how it's going to be for re the rest of your life. But I'm telling you, it's the consistency of you staying in your position that is actually going to, you're going to see God change 
something in your situation that you thought would never, ever, ever, ever change. Everybody else said, you're never going to get out of this family thing. This is how your grandpa was, this is how your dad was, and this is how you're going to be. But you're going to stay consistent in your position, and God is going to change your situation. God is going to change the situation in your job. God can change the situation in your finances. God can change the situation in the things that you are dreaming of in your future right now. And you might be staring at a dead end. You just left something that looked like it was dead. You just walked out of something that looked like you walked out of a graveyard and said, that's not going to change ever, ever, ever. But God says, if you stay consistent with me, if you don't move, if you stay on this position, I know the bike's going fast. I know it might feel like it's fearful right now. But if you do not get off of this thing, I will change a situation that seems like it's dead and gone and buried. I will bring new life. It doesn't matter if it's been dead. It doesn't matter if it's been put away. It doesn't matter if somebody said it's never coming back. God can change it in a moment. And if God can change it in a moment, we... We just need to stay there. I remember I, I was 14 or 15. I wanted to. I See, I grew up on a farm. And all my grandparents and dad, uncle, everybody was farmers. And I remember I, I, my dad had guys that he hired to help him on the farm. I was 14, 15, I wanted to get a little bit of those greenbacks. I wanted, like, I wanted to get some money, Dad. Like, I know, I, I know I'm your son, and I know I'm supposed to help, but also, I need some money. And I remember telling, asking my dad, Dad, can, I, can you hire me? And he's like, I would love to hire you, Ben. But a lot of times when I hire you to do a job, after 30 minutes, you get a little um, bored, and you leave. And so I can't do that. And I was like, Dad, I'll, I'll, I'll not leave this time. He said, all right. I'm like 14, 15. And so I, he gave me a fence. He said, you stay here. We're going to get all the cows. The cows are going to come this way. When they see you, just shoo them this way. I said, easy. Now, I was 14 or 15. I can't remember how old I was. But about 30 minutes into this, I was getting bored. But I was remembering, don't leave, Ben. Don't leave. So what, I didn't know what to do. So I, I was just out there by myself. So I put the, like the fence thing down that I was holding, and I just started, what, what can I do, like, just to make this fun? So I just started doing the Macarena. <laughs> and I started just standing, you know, like, the whole thing. And, and, so, and, and so I just did, easy, everyone, all right. That was PG version. And so uh, I'm sitting there, just kept doing dun 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 you know, just, and just having fun. And then I saw a bunch, like a hundred cows <laughs> running at me, going, and I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm leaving. I'm, this, that, I mean, they were running full speed. And the first thought is, I'm out. You guys all, you know what I'm talking about? I'm leaving. There are multiple 
1,000-pound animals running at me full speed. I have nothing except this. I'm not going. And then something clicked in my mind and said, no, do it harder. And so I just started going, you know, like, it started doing, because I was just like, don't leave, Ben, don't leave. So, screaming the Macarena at the top of my voice. And I'm telling you, the cows came about right here, and they were like, like that. And so I was just like, you know, just kept going and going and going. And then they all, I mean, all hundred of them, boom, right up the chute. I got done, I was like, oh, yeah. All of these guys who were getting paid by my dad came back and like, that was awesome. That was awesome. And I just started thinking, I was like, all I had to do was not leave. And I was doing something so stupid. But the thing that helped in that moment was I didn't leave. Some of you don't need to macarena your finances. <laughs> Some of you, you, you need to do a little macarena in your relationships. I'm just not leaving. I, it feels like everything's running at me, but I'm not leaving. It feels like there is a target on my head, but God, I'm going to keep praying morning, noon, and night. God, it feels... It feels like everybody wants me to not succeed at my job, but I'm not quitting. It, it, it feels like there is a fight after my peace. And every time I try to go to bed, I can't because I'm worrying about this thing and that thing and this thing. But I'm going to stay reading my Bible. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay getting in front of the Lord. I'm going to stay praying. I'm going to stay. Uh, keep opening up God's Word in my life because I know if I consistently stay in the posi position that God has put me in. I mean, one of the best worship things you could do is probably. I'm not going. I'm not leaving. God called you to that marriage. I know it's hard right now. Stay in that position. God called you to be a father. God called you to be a mom. Stay in that position. God called you to be in that job. God called you to be in that relationship. God called you to be in that church. God called you to be in that serving position. God called you to be in that connect group. God called you to be in that friend group. I know it might look hard right now, and the easiest thing at all that's just shouting to you is get up out of that position and leave. But God positioned you on purpose to be right there. Don't leave. And God will change your situation. I mean, think about Daniel just sitting down there, lying, thinking this is it. And all of a sudden, God sends an angel to shut up their mouths. And I promise you, for some of you right now, there are things that feel like they're eating at you. That God says, if you will just stay with me, I'll shut their mouth. And 
And they're going to stop trying to devour your finances. The enemy is going to stop trying to devour your peace. The enemy is going to stop devouring your future. The enemy is going to stop devouring the calling on your life. Some of you, God has called you to be a light in a dark place. And there have been words spoken over you said that, saying that you are not that person. You are not that person who's called. You, you're not like this other person over here. And you shouldn't be in this position. And so you should stop thinking of yourself like this. And you should just keep your head down and do these things over here. And God the whole time is saying, if you don't leave your position, if you would just stay consistent with me, I will change your, I'll change your situation. I'll change it. Stand to our feet. I, I, I want to read this last piece here. Daniel chapter 6, verse 25. Then King Darius sent his message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you, I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. And he will endure. This is a foreign king saying Daniel's God is the true God. He will endure forever. His kingdom. Are you kidding me? Another king is saying God's kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end when this king has only been used to hearing people tell him that his kingdom will never end and that his rule will never be destroyed he rescues and saves his people he performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions I, I, I looked at this and I thought this is what happens when people don't leave their position. God gives them a platform. There are things that God wants to do in this city that are going to happen because you didn't leave your position. God is going to give you a platform, and not because you're trying to get a platform. It's because you decided not to leave your position. I'm sure Daniel looked at that position, and I'm sure there were little thoughts in there. Well, it's just me praying. It's just me praying consistently. It's just a small thing. But how many of you know God takes small things and makes them into giant killers? God takes small things and uses them to promote his kingdom in ways that we could never even thought or imagine. God takes small beginnings and makes them into mountain movers. God is looking at this and saying, if you do not give up, if you do not walk away, I will give you those platforms that you weren't even seeking because I can trust you with the small things. So that means I can trust you with big things because I know you're not looking for a big thing to replace me because it was always about me. And so when it's always about me, I can trust you to be on a platform because you stayed in a position. Because that position was prayer. That position was worship. That position was uh, being a part of a loving community of people that says, I'm not going to leave when it gets hard. That position is where God is calling you right now.
and he'll give you a platform. If you just stay. Last thing I want to read this uh, scripture. It's, um, it's in Matthew chapter 7. I'm going I'm to turn there real quick. Matthew chapter 7. And Jesus is talking, and he's, and he's trying to teach his disciples how to pray. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, he says, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Jesus is teaching us that it's not about the words we say, it's about the consistency that we stay with it when we might not get the answer on the first couple times. Jesus is saying, keep on asking. Keep on knocking. Keep on doing the things that you know you should do. Because God says that you will find. If you keep knocking, the door will be open. If you keep asking, you'll receive. If you keep doing these things, God will open things up for you. Do not quit. Daniel, keep going. I, the last thing I'm going to say about this, it says in verse 8, it says for everyone who seeks. Everyone who seeks finds. That means it doesn't matter about your past. If you seek, you'll find. That means it doesn't matter about your upbringing. If you seek, you'll find. That means it doesn't matter about your financial position. If you asked, God will give it to you. If it doesn't matter about what people have said about you, if you keep knocking, the door will be open to you. It does not matter. Everyone. Come on, church. Everyone. It doesn't matter about your race. It doesn't matter about your background. It doesn't matter about your social, economic future or past. It does not matter about the bad decisions you made or the good ones you are going to make. Everyone is able to access what God said if we just keep asking if we just keep knocking and we just say I'm not leaving so all over this room come on let's make this a prayer come on God speak to me